It's such an amazing promise, isn't it? And it's a promise that God makes, not just to Joshua, but to several people throughout the, the course of the Bible. You know, a few verses before this, he actually makes exactly the same promise to the whole nation of Israel. But then here, he says it to Joshua. And interestingly, Joshua, at this point in time, he's, like, he's a seasoned commander. Kind of earlier in the Bible, he is the, the commander that has led the Israelites into battle against the Amalekites, which is the one where Moses holds up his hands. And whenever Moses' hands are raised, the Israelites are winning. And then later, Joshua is one of the few people that goes with Moses up the mountain as Moses gets the Ten Commandments from God. But no matter how successful Joshua had been in the past, God still needed to remind him that he was going to have to be strong, he was going to have to be courageous, but that God would go with him. And so that's all very well that God said that to Joshua, but what does that mean for us today? Well, if we look through the Bible, there's a few places where this exact promise is repeated. David says it to his son Solomon. In Hebrews, God Um, Sorry, the the writer of Hebrews says, So we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And then when Jesus gives his great commission to the disciples in Matthew 28, he says, Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So it's clearly a promise that applies to us, not just to Joshua. And even in those dark times, when you're stuck in the middle of Egypt, things seeming hopeless, there is a hope and there is a promise that we can hold on to because we've got a perfectly faithful God who will never leave us. So, you know, if we've got a God who is perfectly faithful, then we've got a God that we need to focus on. And when we focus on God, we're effectively saying, look, it's not your will. So it's not my will. It's your will. And it's not my strength. It's your strength. We naturally turn to God, don't we, when things aren't going well, when things are perhaps out of our control. But how often do you actually focus on God when things are going well? You see in the next slide, there's um, God reminding Zechariah that it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. And Proverbs says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. See, when we focus on ourselves, I guess we tend to try and do things in our own strength. We're relying on our own ability, and we, and I know I'm not, always the most reliable of role models. So we need to trust in the Lord in everything that we do. Otherwise, we're lining ourselves up for disappointment. Without intending to make a pun, in fact, I didn't even realize this was a pun until I was practicing this in front of Kate, um, to illustrate the impact of our focus and what our focus is on, I want to tell you a story about one of my hobbies, which is photography. And so several years ago, I half seriously started considering quitting my job to take on being a photographer full time. Now, I invested loads of time in it, loads of time, I guess, in equipment, oh, sorry, well, loads of money, I suppose, in equipment, time in... um, taking the photos, press-ganging my family into being models, and I loved doing it. And I was spending more and more time involved in just taking the photos, editing them, uploading them, and I'd be on my phone all the time. I'd be checking what the latest sales were, and where they'd been used on the web. And you can see here, um, so Ruben's probably the most successful model. He's been on the cover of, so this is Ruben when he was, I don't know, two weeks old. So yeah, I was so into it. All right, quick, get the baby snaps. They're cute. I'm sure they'll sell. But he's been on in a Time, 
Toowoomba.com. He's been on the BBC website. He's been in the Toowoomba Chronicle. So a slight variation in um, fame there. And then Kate's fingers, are they've actually sold over 5,000 times. They've adorned numerous exciting websites. And then my somewhat dubious claim to fame is I've been in thesun.com. And for those that can't read that, the headlines, you played with your hair a lot, a common sign of flirtation. I'd just like to say, that's just my photo, and it's nothing to do with the story that's in there. But my work colleagues had a field day when that one popped out. But anyway, I guess I had loads of fun doing this. It started to become a real focus in my life. But then one day, after spending all that time and effort and money on it, just sales started dropping. Competition started really increasing, and I guess I didn't have the ability in myself, perhaps I didn't have the time, just to be able to compete in that kind of market. And so the sales took a real nosedive, and it meant that, I guess, in terms of perhaps focusing on any kind of career in that space, it just wasn't going to happen without a real change in direction. And so, although that wasn't anything I could control directly, it kind of came with real feelings of um, failure and, and disappointment. I tried very much to do things in my own strength without really getting God, letting God have a look in. My focus was about all the things that I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it and about how I wanted to spend my time. But perhaps if I'd set my focus on a faithful God, an unchanging God, well, it might not have changed the outcome. It would have changed how I reacted to it. So maintaining a focus on God isn't something that personally I found easy to do. You know, I think it does come down, though, to making God an everyday habit in our lives. You know, if we need to focus on him at all times, not just in the bad ones, it can't just be a Sunday morning habit. You know, we remember what God says back in those verses in Zechariah and Proverbs, that we don't need to do things on our own, that we've got his spirit to help us in all of this. But I think also there are a few practical things that I've found really helpful. So I think firstly, just surrounding ourselves with reminders and inputs about God. So whether that's listening to music on your commute, on your way into work, whether it's listening to a sermon, I just find something like that really helps instill that regular input into, into our souls. I find also just that audio aspect really helps block out other distractions. I think secondly, you've got to read your Bible. And I think in addition to reading your Bible, because that's not always easy, it's not easy necessarily to understand or interpret or necessarily find out how is that relevant to my life. But reading the Bible and reading books that tell you about that, those verses, I've just found so helpful. And doing that regularly on a daily basis has made such a difference. Thirdly, we've got to pray We've got to pray regularly. And I guess starting seeing some of the fruits of that in, in my family is kind of we pray together and uh, I can see that heart starting to build in Reuben. And finally, I think we, we just need to talk about God, talk about our faith, talk about our questions. It's easy perhaps just to do that on a Sunday morning. But how often do you chat about um, your beliefs with your friends, with other Christians, with other people in the church? Now, as a dad, I really love that legacy of godliness that I've touched on throughout the generations. Um, it, really, it really stirs my heart. And I think it's inspired me to, I guess, not just do all of these things as an individual. 
And I think that's important. But actually, doing these activities with friends and with family really helps pull everything together. And I think it's only by doing that that actually I've started being able to build up some of these habits that help keep my eyes focused on God. And that brings me nicely onto the final life verse that I wanted to talk about and my final point of the sermon. You know, as much as we strive to focus on God and as much as we rely on his spirit, God's given us something to help us make God, make him a real part of our everyday lives. And that's, he's given us the church. And this verse in Romans, very similar to uh, one in Corinthians, goes for, by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned, for as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. This talks about just being one body together in Christ as a church. And I love that physical aspect of the, of the analogy. We're united together because of our faith. But the church isn't a building. It's not a once-a-week meeting. It's something so much bigger than that. I guess if we look around us now, and the people that you see, young or, or old, you're looking at God's church. And at each major point, at each major change perhaps in my life, finding a church and getting stuck into that church has been really pivotal. So from university, where I made loads of lifelong Christian friends, uh, where I met Kate, to my first job in New Malden when I moved up here after graduating. And although I went to various churches for six months or so, about 18 years ago, I found King's Church and, <laughs> and I'm still here. The... Um, and I guess part of the reason I'm still here is that the church has just been an amazing, wonderful blessing, both in my life and, and in our family's life. And I can't encourage you more than to say embed yourself in a church. If you want to build up habits, do it within the context of a church so that you're not doing it on your own. And embed yourself in the group life of the church. Because life isn't something that God made for us to experience on our own. He created Eve to be with Adam he created the church. As you can see here, to have many functions, we're all different. We all play different functions within the church. But we want Kings to be a place where you can be known for who you are. Life groups are such a fantastic way to achieve that. And also it's a place where we can come together and we can support each other. And so I found the church to be a real source of strength, a real source of encouragement. It's given me and my family a chance to live life with other people, to carry us through the hard times, and to be a reminder and a challenge to focus on God, a reminder of the promises that he's made. So, you know, going back to that old musty bus in the deserts of Egypt, God didn't forsake me or Kate then, even though we eventually got left in a concrete underpass in some suburb of Cairo at 4 a.m. We managed to make it back to our flight. And he hasn't forsaken us in many adventures since then. I just wanted to perhaps leave you with a few things to think about, perhaps a few challenges for the week or weeks ahead. Um, I think it would be good for all of us to think about, to think on, to pray about, I guess individually, but perhaps also together. And if, I think perhaps if the band could come up, and we will we'll sing a song shortly and, and respond. But the things that 
I'd like us all to really focus on, I think one is remember that God is a perfectly faithful God, one that will never forsake you. Two, don't try and do things in your own strength. God's given us his spirit to help us and use this to stay focused on him in the good times and the hard times. And then lastly, I'd encourage you to just build up habits in your lives that help you keep that focus on God. Keep getting stuck into group life at church. Keep supporting each other. Keep encouraging each other. And those habits that we build together, they'll help us as they've helped me just stay focused on God and his timeless promises. So I think it would be great just as we conclude to respond in, in some shape or form, whether that's as the band plays, perhaps sit down and just reflect on what God's saying. If you obviously want to join in the song, please do. But I'll be at the front if anyone wants to come up to pray or pray with somebody that you came with. Um, it would be great just to, I think, soak up God's presence and that will just fill us up ready for the week ahead.